This is Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi, two of the top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys. One from California and one from Massachusetts. Squaring off on legal news and legal observations. Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today to Lawyer to Lawyer. This is Bob Ambrogi from Massachusetts. Uh, Craig Williams, my co-host on this program, was unable to be with us today because of a, a conflict in his schedule, so we're going to move ahead without him. Uh, we're going to talk today about lawyer rankings. Uh, at one time, Martindale Hubble was probably considered the standard when it came to ranking lawyers. Uh, lawyers were rated by their peers, and firms purchased uh, Extensive biographical descriptions for their lawyers, uh, pretty much with no questions asked. Times have changed a little bit, and, and uh, a number of different lawyer ranking, lawyer rating services, publications, sites have popped up. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about some of these. We did a show earlier this year on uh, the uh, somewhat controversial lawyer ranking website, AVO. Uh, many attorneys then were mixed about the, the credibility of the ranking system, uh, AVO's ranking system, and, uh, and the, the, the site opened with some technical glitches and even some, some misinformation on, on users. Um, others uh, others were, had a lot of praise for AVO and, and thought well of it. Um, but uh, a lot of questions remain about these sites. There are questions about the value of lawyer rankings, about uh, the ethics of lawyer rankings, uh, and uh, a lot of questions about how they're done and, and uh, what they achieve. So today we're going to talk about uh, a number of these issues with three guests who are well-versed in all of this. Uh, let me start by introducing our first today. Uh, Katrina Dewey. Katrina is the founder of Law Dragon, a company she established in 2005 to change the way lawyers communicate with clients and with one another. Uh, Law Dragon recently came out with its ranking of the uh, 500 top lawyers. Uh, Katrina, before doing this, was the editor of the Los Angeles Daily Journal, the largest daily legal affairs newspaper in the United States. Uh, from 1996 to 2005. During her tenure, she transformed a a trade publication into an award-winning newspaper. She joined uh, the Daily Journal as a reporter in 1989 after practicing law for two years in Los Angeles. Welcome to the show, Katrina. Very nice to be here. Thanks. And joining us next is Mark Beasy. Mark is Chief Marketing Officer for Holland & Hart, a 350-lawyer firm with offices uh, in uh, various locations, primarily in the mountain regions in the west of the United States. Uh, He serves as a faculty member of the Marketing Directors Institute and is a frequent speaker at the Marketing Partner Forum and the Legal Marketing Association conferences. He's a frequent contributor to the ABA's Law Practice Magazine and Managing Partner Magazine. Uh, In his spare time, which it doesn't sound like he has much of, he writes on leadership issues for lawyers on his blog, Leadership for Lawyers, which is at uh, leadershipforlawyers.typepad.com, and which is part of the Law.com network of legal blogs. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks, Bob. Glad to be here. And uh, returning to the program as a guest is is Ben Cowgill. Ben is a lawyer, writer, and teacher in the field of legal ethics. He's served as chief bar counsel in Kentucky and taught professional responsibility at the University of Louisville uh, Brandeis School of Law. 
He now serves as a uh, a lawyer for lawyers in disciplinary proceedings and other matters of legal ethics. He's the author of uh, KentuckyLegalEthics.com, uh, a uh, highly acclaimed blog devoted to legal ethics. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks, Bob. It's good to be back. Uh, and uh, let Katrina, I, I want to just kick it off with with you uh, and ask you to give me uh, a quick background on on why uh, you started Law Dragon Rankings and uh, and what they're all about. We saw a need in the market for consumers, whether it's general counsel or my mom sitting out in central Illinois, to have a site that was free to them where they could go and get credible information about a lawyer and their time in need. And corporate counsel, of course, um, have plentiful access to information about lawyers. But oftentimes these days that um, information is as much marketing as fact. And we saw a need for a journalism-based platform that would go and independently report on the quality of attorneys and use the tools available with the Internet to make transparent evaluations that clients um, give lawyers or that individuals give judges. Well, when you say journalist-based rankings, uh, how do your your rankings differ from Best Lawyers, Super Lawyers, Avvo, some of the other ranking services that are out there? Well, there's a, you're talking about a wide range of types of evaluations of lawyers. And there are, you know, among the, um, those that are perhaps talked about the most now, Martindale, Chambers, Law Dragon, Best Lawyers, Super Lawyers, Avo. Avo and Law Dragon are actually the only places um, where you can go and find negative information about a lawyer or a judge. The other organizations exist merely to, and I don't mean merely in a pejorative way, but they exist to say positive things about lawyers, to say which lawyers are the best in a particular area. And although we do that, we also provide information on lawyers that haven't done a good job. And like Avo, um, who makes a lot of the fact that you know they look at a lawyer's or factor into their algorithm a lawyer's disciplinary record, We've always looked at lawyers having a clean discipline record um, to determine who are the leaders of the law. So when I say we're more journalistic-based um, than any of the others, another factor is that um, chambers and super lawyers and best lawyers, um, it's kind of a one-way street. They you know, ask marketing directors or peers what they think of individual lawyers, and they receive the information, and then they publish it. But they don't really talk back. They don't ask any probing questions about, well, when you say you would um, trust this person with this kind of case, why would that be? And if the case was a little more difficult and in a different jurisdiction, would you also trust the lawyer in that situation? And so when I say journalism-based, um, I really compare Law Dragon's rankings of best lawyers more so to the National Law Journal Top 100, which is a widely regarded list of leading lawyers, um, or various regional publications like the Los Angeles Daily Journal's Top 100, where you report the good and the bad, you pay attention to what topics are very hot at the moment, and you come up with a list of leading lawyers. All right, well, let's uh, let's bring Mark Beasy into this conversation. And, uh, Mark, let me just ask you, I, I guess, uh, the, the short question is, uh, how, as a chief marketing officer, how do you 
view uh, these surveys? Are they a value? Are they an annoyance? Uh, what do you think of them? Uh, well, good, good question, Bob. Actually, they are a value and they are an annoyance. Uh, we have two different sides. You know, we, we, um, we, we like the ability from a, a law firm marketing point of view to be able to um, claim dominance or recognition in, in a particular niche or field. For example, Best Lawyers is ranking Holland Hart as a top natural resources and the top environmental law firm in the country in this issue. Um, that's a wonderful claim to make. Uh, you can't really make that yourself. Somebody else is making that for you, and you can write that into your marketing materials and do a press release, put it up on your website, and, and help differentiate your firm from the many other firms in, in different niches. On, on the other side, we, we also recognize that um, in-house counsel, and, and Holland and & Hart is a large corporate law firm, uh, uh, most of our clients are in-house counsel of medium and large-sized businesses. Uh, they don't really look to the best lawyers or the super lawyers or, or law dragons as, as an initial source of, of uh, uh, referrals for, for a law firm. Um, and in fact, when you ask them, what do you look for or how do you look for a new lawyer or a law firm, uh, those type of ranking systems usually don't even break the top ten. So... We, we know with the, the exception of Martindale Hubble, where there is some data about how uh, general counsel looked to Martindale Hubble to verify information um, uh, in, in terms of lawyers that are considering, um, it's not really a decision-making criteria. So um, as these, these directories and these rankings have come out, um, it, it really has put more of a, a burden on the marketing department and lawyers who are required to vote and comment and answer phone calls uh, for for an effort that in the end uh, doesn't rank in those those top criteria that that clients look for in law firms. And uh, Ben Cowgill, let's let's turn to you and talk a little bit about some of the some of the ethical issues around here. And and we can we want to uh, come back uh, to both Katrina and Mark. But you you uh, wrote uh, a fairly extensive post uh, last about a year ago uh, when uh, New Jersey was. Uh, Looking uh, was was considering uh, 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 banning lawyers from using these kind of superlatives such as super lawyers uh, in their advertising and on their websites. Uh, what's your take on uh, whether these kinds of rankings are are of value to consumers? Whether they're misleading to consumers? Whether they're appropriate for lawyers to be uh, advertising? Well, my personal opinion, Bob, is that some members of the regulatory community have have been unduly concerned uh, and I think have overreacted uh, to the appearance uh, of, of many new lists and ranking systems. As I indicated in that blog post, uh, I am of the opinion that most consumers of marketing messages are more sophisticated than many regulators give them credit for being, uh, and that when they see a publication like uh, super lawyers or something else of that sort, they understand that it is only one source of information about uh, the lawyers who may uh, have uh, the ability uh, to serve them or who may uh, may have distinguished themselves in particular ways. That's my personal opinion. The essential ethics issue uh, is whether or not a lawyer or a firm engages in false, misleading, or deceptive advertising either by participating in a particular list or ranking system or publication of that sort, or by the way that it touts 
the fact that it has been included in that list or ranking. Those are related issues, but they they are distinct. Uh, for example, a, a particular system might be very defensible because of the methodology that it uses, but if the law firm on its website or in its uh, industry and trade magazine advertisements or otherwise uh, makes reference to its inclusion in that list in a way that uh, that goes beyond really the, what the list purports to do, that may create a separate issue for the firm by the way that it is, it is representing the significance of its inclusion in the list. The, the reason it has become an issue of, of whether that is false, misleading, or deceptive advertising, the particular issue that has been raised under the rules of some states is whether the inclusion in such a list or the reference to inclusion constitutes an improper comparison of the lawyer or the firm's uh, abilities and the quality of their services uh, to those of other lawyers, or under a second prong of the rule in many states, uh, whether it uh, creates unjustified expectations in the mind of the person who receives that marketing message uh, because of any implicit suggestion uh, that uh, that that lawyer is more capable uh, of achieving a satisfactory result uh, than other lawyers who are not included in the list. Uh, that that is the issue that has been raised. I'll return to my first comment, which is that I think that in the New Jersey opinion, which is still under review by the Supreme Court of New Jersey, uh, and in some other informal expressions of opinion that I have seen in other jurisdictions. I think uh, Bar Council and Advertising Commission members and others have been too quick to uh, say, no, 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 you cannot, you cannot be included in something that would use a term like super or best or anything of that sort because that is inherently uh, an inappropriate uh, comparison of your abilities uh, with, with those of other lawyers. Uh, and, and I don't think that their analysis really stands up to close examination. Mark, uh, how what, what discussions uh, have you had in your firm uh, about about these issues? I, I've I've talked to some marketers at some firms that certainly have either debated or or discontinued uh, uh, mention at least of of the super lawyer uh, designation in in the wake of the New Jersey situation. Uh, how's your firm handled this issue? Well, we have offices in um in seven states, and and the. Rules for professional conduct vary from state to state. Uh, it, we try to adhere to the least, uh, the lowest common denominator, uh, such that we're not doing one thing in one state that might be allowed, um, but not allowed in, in a different state. Um, typically, we do not uh, wear our rankings on our sleeves in terms of advertising. So, um, for a number of reasons, but one of them is is not to attract attention to this issue that, that Ben's talking about. Um, although we, we do mention it in our marketing materials, and uh, those things that that may be under uh, uh, less scrutiny uh, than than the advertising uh, uh, rules laid out by the the rules of uh, professional conduct. Um, I, I think the question is is what's the value of rankings in marketing and how credible are they and do they really make much of a difference and uh, how much do you want to put into the rankings as part of your positioning and brand statement. And for us, it's, it's not a strong part of our, of our positioning. Um, 
maybe we can talk a little bit later about how rankings can be more credible. I think most of the rankings now are based on votes from other lawyers and not the voice of a client. And it's more based on the visibility and the perception of a lawyer within a legal community of one's peers rather than the, um, the things that are important to clients, which tend to be more client service-oriented issues, uh, as well as expertise and knowledge of industry and things like that. I mean, it sounds like from what you're saying that even among uh, even among corporate clients, and Katrina talked about uh, uh, you know uh, individual consumers of legal services. But you're, from what you said earlier, even among corporate clients, uh, word of mouth is probably a better indicator of that than any lawyer ranking service. When you ask um, in-house counsel, uh, what do you do to find outside counsel? Some of the top things are well. The first thing they do is they ask somebody within their legal department, "Hey, have you ever?" Uh, who have you used for this type of problem? And the, the second person they call is fellow general counsel in, in companies who are in similar industries. So when you were in this situation, who did you use? Uh, the third person they call is their current outside lawyer. Um, hey, do you guys have somebody that, that does this type of thing? Or do you know somebody who can help me with this um, that's outside of my network? The fourth person they call is uh, a C-level executive, again, within a company within their industry. So uh, you know, they, that's where they look for referrals. That's how they usually find uh, law, lawyers and law firms with whom they're not familiar with for a new matter. And, and that information is completely consistent with what we heard from corporate counsel. And we talked to hundreds of corporate counsel when we established Law Dragon. And we thought, isn't it a sad thing that in this day and age, when you can find information about any restaurant in any city you want, that you can't just go online and find out what the Staples general counsel had to say about a lawyer that worked for him. And so that's why Law Dragon created a new type of ranking, a new type of directory, a new type of service where anybody can go online and read what another general counsel said about corporate lawyers. And I, and that's where we've really had an impact because we do talk to general counsel. Every day, general counsel come to our site and evaluate their lawyers, and anybody can pull it up and see for free. And I really think that that's the wave of the future um, as helpful, selective advice. Not that anybody would ever completely rely on a Law Dragon ranking or any other kind of service that comes up, but a really transparent evaluation where you know what a particular corporate counsel's experience was with an individual lawyer. So, Katrina, tell, tell me how this works. I'm a, I'm a general counsel of a Fortune 500 company. I just mm-hmm. had either a remarkably good or bad experience with, with a lawyer and a, and a law firm. Um, I, I go into Law Dragon. What do I do to give my feedback of that, that, uh, that lawyer? Um, well, it's very simple. All you need to do is um, go to lawdragon.com. You put in submit an evaluation um, it will, you know, we ask people to register. That helps validate mm-hmm. um, who the person is. And so we know that, you know, people that say they're a particular email are that. Um, and then you can go and submit an evaluation and you can do it anonymously or with your name about a particular lawyer. Um, and when we ver- verify um, your, um, that you are who you say you are, um, we post it. And it's available to anybody else who wants to research that individual lawyer. 
And then, and Katrina, you say that you go on to uh, conduct some kind of research and in, in vetting, or your editorial staff mm-hmm. does. Uh, how does that work? What's the process? Um, well, we started this three years ago with a very journalistically driven um, approach that we developed while we were at the Daily Journal and started a top 100 list there probably 12 years ago. Um, and, you know, it basically involves talking to the leaders and your sources in a range of practice areas. Law Dragon looks at 85 different practice areas. Um, and you, t- you get on the phone and you say, who do you consider, you know, the finest lawyers in your practice area um, in your state? And then who are they across the country? And you talk to those people. And, you know, you start to really develop a critical mass of, oh, these really are the five to ten names that keep coming up over and over across the country. Um, Then what we've done is we engaged the power of the Internet so that um, anybody literally can come online on our site and submit an evaluation or we use a ballot, an online ballot, where anybody can come online and give us their identity and tell us why they think a certain lawyer um, is the best in their field. And we review that. And sometimes we'll call them back or we'll email back and, you know, ask some probing questions. Um, we send out tens of thousands of emails to corporate counsel and attorneys and even judges nationwide um, who we've reported on over the years and are who, in our, who are in our database. Um, to find out what they think of different individuals. And then as we hone in on who we think, for example, are the best personal injury lawyers in a given area or who are the best mining lawyers, then we'll call some of the people that we know, general counsel, judges, private lawyers who are familiar in that area and vet those names against them. It's a pretty extensive um, and very interactive process. It is, although having having been through it uh, from the editorial side myself, I sometimes wonder to what extent it becomes a, a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that uh, the usual suspects keep coming up for, for various reasons, not, not always just because they're the best, but also because uh, in some cases they have uh, good people like Mark uh, making the case for them uh, in marketing departments and, and lawyers that have... Uh, uh, don't have marketing departments or have lesser marketing budgets may not be uh, as visible. Uh, once a lawyer gets on one list, it, it tends to make it easier to get on other lists. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I always have to wonder uh, uh, whether uh, these do just tend to be the usual suspects showing up on list after list. Well, that's absolutely true um, that that has become um, a problem with some of these lists. And it's it's not a problem in that one of the um, facets of American law is its stability in terms of the top practitioners tend to be the top practitioners year in and year out, um, and there's not a lot of controversy about that, and they don't stumble very often. Um, but and I and I do think um, from somebody that runs a business like this that um, is involved in rankings as a critical component of our business. Um, there's a lot of lists out there that I think have become a little stale or they've become overly large and not very discerning because they've gotten um, really um, stuffed with um, a lot of lawyers that maybe they're still at their peak, maybe they're not, um, but you know, really keeping an edge on who the leading practitioners are year in and year out um, is difficult, and I think that's one of the things um, we also listen to the market about 
um, is, you know, sometimes some of the legends of the law need to come off these lists, and the lists need to change from year to year um, to be sort of interesting. So that's why, you know, Law Dragon each year only um, will recognize 3,000 lawyers as leading lawyers, whereas, you know, a super lawyers looks at 5% in a given region, and a chambers will probably look at 13,000, 14,000 for the country. Um, and so I do think it's important to limit the number of lawyers recognized in a given year. I, I, I like to go back to Katrina's um, first description because I really see you, you as describing two different activities. Um, one activity is, is that, that one that ends up in a listing or a ranking. And mm-hmm. I think we have lots of rankings. And mm-hmm. uh, I think for the, the, the typical general counsel or consumer, of which there are many, um, you might be able to have a chance to work with one of those top 500 or 300. Or, uh, but then again, you may not either. Absolutely. They have limited time. What, what, what fascinates me is this uh, Amazon.com or uh, this online type of rating, a feedback system that clients can have Mm-hmm. to give feedback on their experience with a particular lawyer or law firm. And, and I, I think that is a mechanism, um, whether it's, it's uh, Law Dragon's mechanism or Avos or Martin Dale Hubble is developing one, um, but that type of uh, mechanism, if it is honest, if it is arbitrated by a, an uninterested third party, an uninterested in the results, and it gives a resource to say, uh, have, have the general counsel of Staples say, you know, I had a really good experience with this lawyer or the firm, or, or I had a mixed experience, or this is, a, uh, this is the type of experience I had that is beneficial to other general counsel. And frankly, it's also beneficial to the law firms, whether they like or dislike mm-hmm. that feedback. And, and I think that type of mechanism, if, if, if it can be developed um, like uh, what I know Martindale Hubble is doing, in a way that's honest and fair and open and uses that power of the Internet, um, that can really be a benefit to the profession. And from a marketing point of view, um, help, help you differentiate your firm from the others. Okay, well, we are, uh, we're going to take a, a short break right now, and uh, when we return, we will be back with uh, more on this topic. We invite you to visit Law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. From daily headlines to practice-specific updates, Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, May It Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day. Or sign up for a free trial subscription to one of our Practice Center sections. If you found us in the podcast library of iTunes, thanks for listening. Check out some of our other shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com and become a member. It's free. Lawyer to Lawyer is produced by the Legal Talk Network and a staff of broadcast professionals. If you have an idea for a topic or a show, we want to hear from you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and send us an email. If you have a comment or question, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message on the Legal Talk Network listener line at 781-634-8959. We really do listen to the messages and even answer your questions on our next show. Check out our Lawyer to Lawyer host blogs, J. Craig Williams' blog at mayofpleasereport.com. Likewise, Robert Ambrosi's blog at LegalLine.com for daily legal observations, perspectives. 
perspective, and of course, a healthy dose of humor and wit. Did you know that Legal Talk Network podcasts are also available as CLE? Visit Law.com's CLE Center at www.clecenter.com. That's CLECenter.com to enjoy listening and get CLE credit. A video settlement documentary can be the most powerful and persuasive way to bring about a speedy settlement in your client's case. The Boston Media Group has a staff of television professionals with 20 years' experience writing and producing compelling stories just like the ones you've seen on 60 Minutes or Dateline. We put a human face on the lawsuit with compelling interviews, dramatizations, and visual presentations of the fact. Think of it as a video opening argument that will compel the attorneys on the other side to settle. Call us for a consult at 800-317-5221. That's 800-317-5221. Or check out our website at bostonmediagroup.com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi, uh, and we are talking about uh, lawyer rankings today with our guest, Katrina Dewey, the founder of Law Dragon, Mark Beasy, Chief Marketing Officer for Holland and Hart, and Ben Cowgill, lawyer, writer, and teacher in the field of legal ethics. Uh, and Ben, let me uh, come back to you and, and uh, ask uh, a little bit about the the ethics of of the methods here, the ethical concerns in the methods. I mean, should, should lawyers be concerning themselves with how these surveys are conducted? Uh, is should should the the entities that are conducting them be more transparent about what their standards are and what their systems are? Well, a firm does need to be concerned about the methodology that is used by a particular ranking service. Uh, if the firm intends to participate uh, by submitting information about itself, by participating actively, it engages in an advertising activity, even though the, the website or the publication that results is produced by someone else. Uh, if the firm does actively uh, seek to be involved, either by signing up or paying to be involved or submitting information that makes it an advertising activity, uh, and therefore the firm can be challenged, uh, on that particular listing, and we'll want to be able to show uh, that the system has uh, a very defensible uh, methodology uh, that creates a legitimate basis for its representation that the lawyers included are among the most respected or the best or the super lawyers. Uh, so a firm does need to be concerned about that. And then, as I have, have already indicated, uh, some firms have made the mistake that once they benefit from that inclusion in a list, they run their own advertisements that go a little bit too far by saying, we're among the best lawyers in New Jersey because we're super lawyers with a registered trademark after that term. Uh, without any uh, reference to the super lawyers' website where more information can be found about uh, their methodology and, and, and how they were included, uh, or things of, of that sort. I, I applaud the methodology that, that Katrina uh, has described. Naturally, it makes many lawyers anxious to think that uh, anecdotal instances of, of, of dissatisfaction may appear uh, on the Internet uh, in a website uh, like hers, uh, that, that there may be a phenomenon that only the disgruntled clients will be the ones who uh, 
choose to uh, say something uh, negative and that all of the many other uh, uh, satisfied clients uh, won't take the time to submit a comment to a site like that. I'm sure Katrina understands and recognizes that uh, bias that may exist in any system of, of feedback uh, but that's not really an ethics issue. After all, all of those folks uh, would have the right to uh, communicate in other means, to write letters to the editor or, or otherwise uh, saying what they thought uh, of their lawyers. I was thinking about that as Katrina was describing it. I certainly hope none of those commentators, uh, none of those clients or former clients are making comment in any way that reveals uh, any of the substance or detail of the legal matters, uh, or they could find that they have waived their attorney-client privilege in those matters, mm-hmm. uh, because the privilege, of course, does belong to the client, uh, and if the client chooses to make public comment about the services in a way that reveals anything of, uh, of particular uh, meaning uh, about the representation, that could constitute a waiver of privilege. Uh, but that was the only ethics issue that I saw in that methodology. Oh, I just wanted to um, add that, you know, I, I think the, the market, you know, will take care of a lot of those issues. Um, and I, we were certainly very um, mindful of ethics and privilege and setting this system up three years ago. Um, and, you know, I'm glad that Martindale Hubble and Best Lawyers have started trying to elicit client evaluations in the last year um, after seeing what we um, had established. And really, you know, what we ask people to do is just rate their lawyer on a scale of 1 to 100 on service, expertise, quality, and overall rating, and whether they'd recommend them to leave their name if they'd like, the relationship, any comments. I mean, generally, people just seem to talk about their overall experience with the lawyer. We also ask um, how much they were charged, because we think that that's an important component of information that should be shared. And, you know, I would encourage anybody um, to go to lawdragon.com and um, look at um, the profiles of Stephen Newborn, of Wild Gottschall, Jay Felton, of Lathrop and Gage, or Avi Friedman, um, who's an immigration lawyer in Los Angeles, um, just to see the kind of um, reviews that individuals will submit. And overall, they're incredibly positive. Um, it is the case that um, people want to say good things about their lawyers, generally speaking. Um, the evaluations that tend to be more negative are of judges. Um, And um, our experience has been that this is just a tremendous resource that I think will grow um, as people understand the marketplace of information um, that needs to exist about quality lawyers. Uh, I I assume those are all all good reviews you're pointing us Uh to. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I I, I hear what Ben is saying, though. I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, any number of of sites that have gone up for the purpose of ranking judges or ranking lawyers. And if they're kind of thrown wide open to, to, uh, to, to those surfing the web, what you tend to see are a lot of uh, either disgruntled clients or people who just generally hate the legal profession and take any opportunity to post about it. Uh, it sounds like what, what Mark is talking about, what you're talking about, Katrina, is, is some uh, sort of a, a, a hybrid that, that opens it up a little bit to consumer comment but retains some uh, editorial control over the process so that uh, it doesn't get, uh, it doesn't kind of turn into a Wild West show of some kind. Well, I think it's in the tone that you set. We're a very professional company that 
that um, provides free legal news. We write stories about um, judicial independence and have leading judges around the country um, writing articles about that. We wrote an article about um, a new kind of course at Harvard Law School taught by the former dean of Harvard um, and one of the leading um, corporate judges in the country, um, Leo Strine. And we have legal news like that that we provide at our site every day. And so I think that that sets a tone at our site that we want professional interaction, that we don't want mudslinging. Um, and certainly you can't um, prevent people from, um, you know, writing trashy or inappropriate things. We do have guidelines that we won't post profanity or, um, you know, racial and other kinds of name-calling of that sort. But um, the law um, as it stands now with what you can post and not post is you really have to be pretty hands-off other than um, allowing, you know, providing that you won't um, do post some things that are profane um, or fraudulent. Um, and so it has to be um, a wide open posting, um, but I think what we've done is establish a tone where our community um, of readers and lawyers and participants, which is about 200,000 strong now, um, we put a lot of effort into maintaining very high quality so they know that's the kind of community they're participating in. I know um, what you're talking about, Bob. We, um, one of our first issues, we looked at the 500 leading judges in America and researching what's written about judges on a lot of different blogs and websites is pretty atrocious. And there's a lot of people out there with agendas. Um, and hopefully they've found their home on some agenda-driven sites. Um, but that's certainly not what ours is. Okay, we, uh, we're getting near the end of our time, uh, and before we do that, I'd like to just give each of you an opportunity to uh, offer any closing thoughts on this topic and also to tell our listeners where they can find out more about you uh, uh, or get in contact with you if they like. Uh, and Katrina, since we opened with you, let's, uh, let's uh, start with you and uh, get your final thoughts and contact information. Uh, thanks very much. I think this has been a terrific dialogue that we'll be having much more um, in the years ahead as the um, just very basic need that people have for access to better information about lawyers who can make such a critical difference in a person or a corporation's existence um, becomes more available by the forces of the Internet um, I'm really proud that Law Dragon is playing a role in that. And you can find out anything you'd like about us at lawdragon.com, or you can contact me at Katrina at lawdragon.com. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Mark Beasy, Holland and Hart. Your final thoughts? Well, I think Katrina's got her work cut out for her. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm excited to see more feedback sites come, come out. I think we'll, we'll see uh, similar sites um, grow with Martinelle Hubble, maybe sites sponsored by organizations um, like uh, ACC or the ABA, um, if they're willing to take that on. Uh, I think at the end we will have uh, one or more credible sites uh, that is the authority for giving and receiving feedback on lawyers and law firms. Um, and uh, that will be interesting to see how that all pans out. But I, but I think the question of credibility really comes down to um, – are lawyers voting for other lawyers or are clients giving true feedback on things that matter to them that can be useful to other clients and hopefully can drive 
change within law firms uh, to be more client-focused, provide better client service, provide more value, that sort of thing. Um, I think we're going to be seeing more social networking sites for lawyers. I think there's going to be a need for a, a LinkedIn for lawyers type thing. And we'll, I think we'll see some more entrepreneurial uh, startups in, in that category. And perhaps they'll be connected with feedback sites as well. Um, and I think eventually we'll see a saturation point for rankings based on lawyers voting for other lawyers. Um, it's hard for me to go back to my lawyers and say, guess what, guys, there's another ranking system, and it's just going to take 10 more minutes of your time to vote for your, your five favorite Holland and Hart folks and five favorite folks outside. And I think people are, are going to reach that point pretty soon and say, you know, I'm not sure these things are worth it. I'm checking out. And, and, um, and there'll be a new model to come and replace that. So that's my two bits. I, I blog at leadershipforlawyers.typepad.com. And uh, you can see my contact information there. And finally, uh, let's uh, let's hear from Ben Cowgill. Final thoughts uh, and contact information from you. Well, thank you, Bob. I will return uh, briefly again to the ethics angle, and I will mention again the opinion of the New Jersey Attorneys Advertising Committee, opinion number 39 that came out in July of last year. I mention it not because I agree with it, uh, but because uh, that opinion uh, is the uh, decision, or more accurately, an advisory opinion that has caused uh, concern nationwide about uh, lists and ranking systems and publications like Super Lawyers and or Best Lawyers, uh, which are different from uh, a Katrina service, as I have heard her describe it. Uh, so that was the watershed event that has put this on the table uh, as an ethics issue, as I have mentioned, it is under review by the Supreme Court of New Jersey, and I'll go out on a limb and, and predict that it is overturned. I think it uh, probably goes too far from a constitutional analysis, uh, and it also uh, reflects a uh, very shallow and, and superficial uh, analysis. Uh, I have followed the case, and I have seen that the folks who produce super lawyers have done a very good job of, of making a strong presentation to the Supreme Court uh, in their briefs uh, and through an expert opinion from uh, Stephen Gillers at NYU uh, and also with a marketing survey to show that uh, uh, their selection methodology uh, is sound uh, and that the use of the super lawyers moniker uh, is defensible. So I do think uh, that that will be overturned, and once it is overturned, there will be less anxiety about uh, publications of, of that nature, at least the ones that are well-designed and, and, and well-managed. Uh, I can easily be found by Googling my name. That is one of the few benefits of having an unusual name like Cowgill. Uh, you Google Ben Cowgill, and I'm at the top of the list. Uh, my website is cowgill.com, and my blog is kentuckylegalethics.com. I don't know, Ben. I used to think that about Ambrogi, but along came Google, and I discovered there were a lot of them out there. Well, thank you to all of you for being on the program. We really appreciate your time and thoughts. This has been an interesting discussion. Uh, we will be back next week with J. Craig Williams joining us. Uh, and thank you all for your time. Thanks again for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. Lawyer to Lawyer has been sponsored by Law.com.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.